Welcome to the Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. since 7 a.m. Okay. All right, here we go. Oh my gosh. Two young adults. I've just been informed this is episode number 20. That's a milestone. I didn't think we were going to make it this far, so I'm kind of impressed with all of us. Well, we're busy people. We got a lot going on. We got Capri's in college. Amy's got a business or three to run. I've got a business or three to run. Alex, who's not here, has got a whole bunch of stuff going on. We get him back on next week. He can tell us all the news in his life. But um, today we are going to turn the interview chair around and Capri and I are going to completely grill Amy about what she's doing and how she's doing it. She's got a really cool announcement for y'all. But what I really want to get into is what she has done to create an amazing brand, an amazing business for herself. And she's worked with a couple of folks that we've had on as guests, and she's just tearing up the world by storm, not to mention the fact that she's, uh, uh, I don't want to say New York Times bestselling author, but I don't know if that's true, but you're definitely a new, uh, what am I trying to say? Bestselling author. Yes, yes. You have an amazing country singing career. Um, and then you put up with our garbage when you're here on Tuesday nights. So our guest is Amy Scruggs. Amy, say hello to the folks out there. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I am in the hot seat tonight, and there is nowhere else I would rather be <laughs> once a week than right here in this seat with you guys, because it has been the most amazing 20 episodes. Like, my heart is exploding with joy as to what we do here, and it's just getting bigger and better every time. So I'm happy to be with you guys. Man, look at the enthusiasm Aww. we get. This is so awesome. awesome. All right, so Capri, I'm going to let you start with a few questions for Amy. I've got her bio up, and I'm like looking at this going, she's done more, and she's done like three careers in like one career. Um, So I got some questions about that. But uh, since you're Mm -hmm. the young adult, why don't you start us off if you want to ask her a few questions? Honestly, I don't really know where to start. But since we were talking about this earlier, I'm going to need a 200 word essay about what you do and why you do it. (laughs) (laughs) I can I can give it to you right in the bullet points here. But after 20 years, after 20 years as a sales professional in the mortgage and real estate industry, as a recording artist, a TV host, I now help professionals of all industries to overcome those fears of being on camera level up their communications to help them market and brand themselves and to reach their audiences bigger, grow their business, their comfort, and their visibility by utilizing today's digital world podcasts just like this, and also in-person engagements and virtual meetings, which are so important. So we level up communications and bring that next level of excellence to everyone. Nailed it. She nailed it. Perfect. (laughs) Admitted to every single college ever. (laughs) Okay. So lots of different careers there, clearly. Um, Do you want to give us kind of a little background about how you started each one, maybe, or uh, just move us through the timeline? Because there's so much to unpack here. 
Well, and especially knowing what our audience is, I, I hope that we're mm-hmm. empowering, encouraging our young adults. And the one thing that I always start off with is saying it's all about the shift. So as we describe my resume or my my bio, and it's got a lot of directions, you know what it means? It means I knew how to shift when the going got tough. And that's what it is. And I started in sales. I got hired into the what was called the wholesale mortgage end of the business. It means I directly represented the bank to go out and find those mortgage loans Uh, for the clients. So I would represent the bank and basically look at those files in the field to make sure that they qualified and that the bank would loan the money to the mortgage broker to get them into a home. That being said, I learned very quickly that effective communication was going to be what excelled me because I didn't know what I was doing. I was brand new and I had an amazing woman take a chance on me. I was 29 years old and she said, you're tenacious. I'm going to take a chance on you and teach you what I know. And I was so thankful for what she did for me that I became the number one sales rep within six months to make her proud without realizing I was accomplishing something all for my own. I just knew I need to make this woman proud because she took a chance on me without a college education and said, I'm going to put my money on you. And she did. She even changed companies and took me with her to a better job and a better place. I was so grateful. So I spent years being able to do that and excel in that and enjoy all the wonders of learning how to present in front of boardrooms and clients and learning how to really make real relationships and networking and the power of sales and communication and everything that went with that. And then in 2007 and eight, we had a major abrupt shift take place and we went through a huge recession. I know some of you younger ones have probably read about it in school. You learned about it at some point, but those of us that really lived it, it was extremely painful. That meant the job and the career that I knew that fed my family, what provided for my kids disappeared overnight, completely overnight. Now, going backwards, I had been singing my entire life, started training in classical piano at three, training in voice, was always singing in choirs and cover bands. So the passion for music was always there. So what I did at that shift was said, how do I take these business skills that I just learned in this sales job and in this corporate world? How do I combine that with my passion and go monetize and go find a way to feed my family? Because that was that was what I had. I took the other skills I had and turned it into a business. And I went out and asked for the business as a recording artist by treating it as a business. I put together a marketing package, figured out how I was going to represent myself, made sure that my bio was 200 words or less, (laughs) put it together and went out and said, can I have the business? And within six months, I opened for Clint Black on a national stage on the 4th of July in Arizona. And I knew that that was going to launch the next landing points for creating more opportunities for visibility, credibility, and of course, making the money that I desperately needed to provide for my family. And I went on to do that for the next years, including becoming the spokesperson for the American veterans for the state of California. So communication, another valuable tool. We had some Mm -hmm. losses. I had some shifts. My bass player died suddenly. We lost our home. It was a tough time when there was a lot of foreclosures. I was one of them. So I had to shift again and step back into the business world. And I did that by coaching sales teams, by doing business development. And so I'm telling you on a Thursday, I was singing to a sold out crowd opening for Trace Atkins in Santa Rosa. And on a Monday, I was back in a cubicle starting over again in a sales job. And that was painful. But I knew that if I took those same skills again and put it into whatever I'm doing, that opportunity will come. Because if we put our best out there and we do the right thing, opportunity can still come. And so I stayed in that position, changed companies a few times until I got a call one day from a guy that I worked with at a former company in sales. And he said, Scruggs, I got somebody I need you to meet. 
And I ended up landing myself into a position as a TV host and grew with that show as it became a big national show going on to CNBC, going on to the Travel Channel. And I spent the last five years hosting TV, but the common thread was the professionals that I interviewed were all nervous on camera. The ones that excelled had ways of effectively communicating and representing their branding. And I knew that it was time for me to move into that coaching space to help others have their moment to shine, have their opportunity. And so over the last few years, my coaching business has really expanded to executives, professionals, leaders, nonprofits, all walks of life that I get to help with effective communication. And at the same time, Nashville called back and I got to release a killer new bomb music project that ended up going onto the charts and the New York Times list and the book, yes, made bestseller for Barnes and Noble because I shifted during the pandemic. And here we are today doing this podcast together to help other young adults say they can do it. I have had so many lives, but the ability to be resilient is the reason I'm sitting here. Wow. That like deserves some snaps. That is such a story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Um, Kind of going into that effective communication. I know earlier before we were recording, we were talking about it's not who or it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I think that has such a big role in or because effective communicate because of effective communication, you can do things like that. So how are some ways that you help others communicate more effectively? Like what kind of goes into your coaching and your training and what advice do you have there? Well, the first advice, and I love this one, start a sentence with a sentence. Anytime you see someone starting a sentence with, yeah, um, so you know, we talk a lot about writing perfect essays and having everything that you're doing in school be perfect. We don't speak that way sometimes. <laughs> um, so like I, uh, helping professionals start that sentence, gather your thoughts, mm-hmm. be articulate, find new ways to use that vocabulary that you've learned in school and put it into how you speak. there's amazing, incredible words out there that we can be using. Start changing and finding out what your filler words are. What are the ones you use the most common and start replacing them and say, I challenge myself every week, adding new words and where I'm going to put them. So that when I am having an important conversation or an interview, I'm ready because it's become a natural part of the way that I speak. I drive my family nuts but I won't even answer something. If someone at home yells out, hey, mom, or whatever, I don't say, yeah. I say, yes, how can I help you? I actually respond properly so that when I'm having these conversations or these moments, that's what's coming out naturally. And I love, love doing that. Also in virtual meetings, a lot of things I help professionals with is not missing opportunities by not realizing how they're representing in person and virtual, Mm -hmm. looking in the camera, cleaning the lens. And the big one that I think we should talk about is the resting face. The resting face. I'm right here. Why are you talking about me? It's a big deal. (laughs) Oh, believe me. I know. I have tons of people talk about, talk to me about my face. I have a face for radio. It's a big deal. We want to know that our active listening face is representing what we want it to represent. That's, really good advice i know like even on this podcast like seeing myself in the little square rectangle it's eye-opening isn't it yeah i'm like oh i didn't know i kind of like sat like that like i'll sit crooked and i'm like oh what are you doing but that's like those are things that might not seem super obvious but they're pretty easy to fix is what i'm hearing yes and it actually is more important than you realize 
I was in a, mm-hmm. I was in a meeting early on in, in when COVID started and everybody was on zoom. I was in an important meeting where I had actually, you know, signed up to be a part of this one. And there was going to be a handful of people that were presented a pretty great opportunity. And it was going to be pretty competitive in there. And the gentleman that was the expert that came to this meeting to share, and he was this old English guy. I'll never forget. He looks at the 25 tiles or whatever it was there. And he says, hmm, you're all rubbish. Every one of you, you're all rubbish. I show up here and bring you my years of professionalism. And you can't even show up and present yourself. There's only maybe a couple of you here that are even looking at the camera, that even took the time to get dressed. You're all rubbish. You can leave. I mean, he was serious. Damn. And it would, and, and I, that resonated with me at the time, realizing how we show up even virtually, it matters. You mm-hmm. don't know who's watching. You don't know what opportunities. And going back to that networking, and it's who you know. You don't know if the who you know you want to know is in that meeting. So show up wow. and know how you represent yourself. All right. That's some encouragement to like, I don't know, just appearance does still matter. I feel like that's kind of something that has been forgotten a little bit, especially maybe in like college life, which I'm in right now. I'm like, ooh, should I put on sweatpants today or like actually dress up? So it's good to know that putting your appearance or making your appearance a priority sometimes is still a good choice. Anytime we can recreate it is if we're sitting together in the same room. So I'm looking in the Mm -hmm. camera right now and I, and I want it to look like we are all sitting together. There has to be that recreation as much as possible. I mean, how many times did we, especially at the beginning of the pandemic and when Zoom was coming out, did we look at ceilings, nostrils, floors? I actually (laughs) watched a gentleman eat a sandwich off his belly in one meeting. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what we're doing? And and that's just got to stop. We're well past that today. We are well past Mm -hmm. it. And we don't want to miss opportunities. We just don't. Great. Ed, do you have anything you want to add here? I've been doing a lot of talking, asking questions, getting back even better answers. Yeah, I think when it comes to this subject, I think the one thing that seems to be a big question, Amy, and you touched on it. My wife asked me this the other day, is like, what happened to people getting dressed up to go to work? And I don't think she meant it in we still have to wear ties and jackets, although my first real job, I wore a tie every single day. When I was in banking, I wore a tie every single day. Um, But that casual, like maybe, and I don't want to stereotype here, but just casually dress like it's no big deal. I'm just showing up. Maybe Mm -hmm. something that you might wear lounging around the house on the couch. Um, And I think that might be something that doesn't get talked about, particularly with young people. Um, What are your thoughts on you know, dress. It used. To, I used to be told dress for the job that you want, right? Yes. Think in terms of dress like my yeah. So my dad used to say, buy the best pair of shoes you can get and the best watch you can afford. That's he. That was his thing, right? And the <laughs> That's idea, important for men's. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was one of those old school things. So how do we? What is your recommendation between old school stuff like my dad used to say? In the newer generation, which might be a little casual, you talked about being on Zoom, but even from an attire perspective, what right. you present, what are your thoughts on that? You know, there that old cliche, you can't 
get a second, you don't have a second chance at a first impression. Mm -hmm. And so there's opportunities. You might be making a really powerful first impression. The other rule of thumb is sometimes we tend to have our body language reveal how we're dressed. I know if I'm in my sweats and I'm comfortable, it's much harder for me to really have a, a tight frame, solid sitting up straight and everything that goes with that. A lot of, a lot of people have a harder time making that connection, but you notice if you get into a nice dress or if you're in your slacks and you're put together, you naturally sit differently and present yourself differently. There is something that the brain does when we're dressed a certain way on how we carry ourselves in our body language. If you've mastered though, being able to be comfortable and you're in your nice, comfortable shorts underneath and you've got your shirt be aware of your framing them because even without the clothes, you can still represent that confidence, but you've got to be aware of it. And that's the thing. If I'm, I'm sitting right here, I'm sitting up straight. You know, we talked about, okay, yes, I have a tank top on tonight because it's hot in here, <laughs> but I'm sitting up straight. I'm engaged in the camera and hopefully my delivery and how I am with you is, is overriding any of that. But when you see somebody comfortable in how they're sitting back, how they're slouching on the bed, things like that, then you're just getting this whole picture of the person. And if that's not what you want represented, I mean, even if it's in a class and you're trying to make an impact with your professor, you're doing a virtual class, you're not making an impact if you're doing that. You want to stand out. We want to stand out. We want opportunities. And, and we're going to discuss this at what I did on the show last week. But you know, today's world is tough. The competition is tough. We've got a lot of things going on. Everybody's calling to say, how am I going to survive inflation? How am I going to survive coming out and setting myself apart when everyone graduating in my class is equal or, or better because this is what is required? How are you going to set yourself apart? And it may be how you carry yourself, your body language, how you dress, and your communication. I, I was speaking with one of my clients who they were interviewing several professionals for a position to be an instructor in this field. And equal instructors came on and did their job interviews. They picked the one that represented the best on camera. Mm. They were all equal in their qualifications, equal in their knowledge of the subject. The one that spoke and was the most engaging with the camera is the one that got the job. Yeah, that makes wow. sense. I like it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to kind of, this is one of those questions that probably has too many layers, but I want to get it out there so you can kind of, dig into it with whatever direction you want to take it in your bio it says that you advise entre entrepreneurs and startup companies on messaging branding and how to develop marketing strategies mm -hmm. i want to kind of twist that and maybe kind of think of it in terms of where we were just talking about you have a young person who's starting out so they're a startup yes. company um they're out there trying to establish their brand, get their message out and market themselves. We were talking earlier about how challenging it is for academics sometimes to be able to market mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a young person and you get to mold them and put them not on an academic track, but how they can take those skills you were talking about, the things you applied market. in your life and get them in a position where they can always market themselves, continue to brand themselves and make sure the messaging is right. Where do you start them at? How do you get them down that road? Where I would start that is, is very clean and simple. And any way that you can introduce yourself or even start with the smallest message that can create intrigue, create a reason for someone to want to ask a follow-up question. We tend to want to give the entire ingredients of a cake, let's say. You walk in, you know, if I'm presenting a birthday cake to you guys, 
And let's say, Capri, I know that your favorite is red velvet. I'm going to walk in and go, look, it's your red velvet cake. If I walk in and say, look, here's flour, sugar, some cinnamon, some vanilla. The oven was on at 350 for 20 minutes and it's on a, you know, flex pan. I'm not going to share all of that. It loses it. What I want you to do is take a bite of the cake and go, hmm. Do I taste some hints of vanilla in this? Why, yes. What else did you put in it? We want to present it in, in that manner. And when you're introducing yourself and for a young person to start off, so the entrepreneur starting off a new business, if we're going off of your education, it's easy to, to start describing something when you want somebody to buy it, when you're wanting to brand yourself and say, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this and I know this and I know that. What we want to do is say how many eyes were in there and change it. Maybe describe after the last six years of advanced education, history became a passion to me. So therefore, my partners and I created this new blah, 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 blah. After excelling in the sciences, I saw that there was a need for more advanced research in blah, blah, blah. So together... I found other key influencers to create this new mobile blah, 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 that now we can research this. And somebody's going to go, wow, tell me more. Creating a way to make it interesting right out the gate can really help somebody take you seriously, along with making it not just sound like you're just dripping on the eyes. Very interesting. So showing, not telling. Yes, yes. You notice when I introduced myself after 20 years as a media executive, as a TV host, as a recording artist, I now love helping other people come alive. Wow. I only put the I in there at the very end. Yeah. So it's like tell what you do or show what you do and then connect it to something yes. about yourself. Yes. Okay. Start with the passion, the experience. Experiencing years in in, in university and discovering that this and this takes place and we come out without as many opportunities as we thought, I decided to put together a coaching program that's going to allow others to have better opportunity. Would you like to know more? Create yeah. that intrigue. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> and that's how you can come out and, and set yourself apart. Most people do not know how to introduce themselves that way. And it really can set you apart on day one. You're creating your credibility. You're showing after six years of advanced education, you're creating credibility mm-hmm. with what you're saying without saying, I went to school for six years. It's a really fun way to, to think about how to recraft how you present yourself. Speaking of presenting yourself, here's a follow-up question to that. They say the next to taxes and death, um, public speaking is the thing that most people obsess about the most yes um i would imagine in your career coaching people you see this quite a bit if you could distill down for a young person has to do a presentation that may not be comfortable in their own skin or maybe it's the first or second time they've done that what are a couple tips couple three tips you could give them to help them get comfortable because i have a sneaky suspicion to really advance in a career, you got to be very good or at least very comfortable with being uh, in a, a public speaking environment, either yes. that as a manager to multiple employees to a yes. board of directors. 
executive management. So what would you say to folks who maybe that's not their comfort zone, but they need to get comfortable? It's it's brilliant that you bring that up because I still, I get calls from executive level CEOs running companies and their team going, I don't think I'm communicating as effectively with my staff as if they're asking me a question right after I, we've left the meeting and I already went over that in the meeting, clearly my it's not landing, right? And, and so this, in order to effectively run anything, your own business, be a manager of somebody else's business, grow in your career in any facet, being able to articulate and being comfortable speaking in front of others is super important. And to answer your question, Ed, I would definitely start with the the talking points. It's so important. If you're going up to present anything, what is the core message behind it? Because once you remember what that core message is, is this uh, an is this an educational talk that I'm giving? Is this motivational? Is this funny? Is this a warning of some kind? Is this scientific? What are the key points? What's the what's the core of the message? And what are those bullet points around it? And then find your passion in it. A lot of times if we're speaking in front of somebody, it's actually about something we've studied for years, researched, unless you're in a class that you're just trying to get the grade and you're speaking to get it over with, but you still put the time into the research to be standing up there. So put that passion and pride into the work you just did to research what you're presenting. And all of a sudden, your mind is going to start to go with that passion and you're going to notice it's easier. When we're so focused on, I'm speaking in front of people, the talking points can get lost. When you focus in on, wait, I know what this, I, I know my message, wait, I know my talking points. Maybe throw in some storytelling to soften yourself up and start seeing how that audience is reacting. When you feel them kind of lean into you and understanding what you're saying, all of a sudden it gets easier and easier. And it takes practice. It takes practice of knowing what your talking points are going to be. You can't just walk in cold. I can't. I still can't to this day. If I know I'm doing a presentation, I better be practicing it and making sure I go over it again the day before. And where are those points that I put in those stories? Where do I stop and take a look at the audience or ask questions? Anytime you start to get nervous, if you can create audience engagement, it can help turn it around. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, a very special opportunity that came your way. Mm -hmm. And I know nothing happens by accident. So I'm going to let you tell them what happened and what you were able to do just recently. But more importantly, I want you to tell them a little bit about how you were prepared for this moment before Mm -hmm. it even happened. So you gave us a little bit of the bio. Mm -hmm. Um, But in life, I always think of t- there's no such thing as luck or somebody once said luck is the combination of opportunity and preparation or some yes. version of that, right? So it has to be you're ready when it happens. Mm-hmm. You want to tell the folks what happened and how you were ready for it when it did happen? I was in the middle of my work day, phone rang, which was unusual that it was the phone rang between appointments that I answered it. And it said, hello, this is the executive producer of the Dr. Phil show. We want to know if you'd be interested in coming in and being one of our expert expert panelists on this topic. And they gave it to me and I went, huh, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Well, isn't that interesting? And when is the show? Oh, in four days. Sure. Sure. Why not? And I, I did. I got that call from an executive producer of an opportunity to go on one of the biggest shows, 21 years on the air, whether you like it or not, or love them or don't, the show's huge and the audience is huge. So yes, preparation of knowing that, wait a minute, I've, I'm on camera all the time. I take opportunities to continue working on my own vocabulary, my own delivery, 
my own messaging so that if I sit in a studio of this magnitude with those kind of cameras in a show like that, I'm not worried about what my face looks like or what my resting face is. I'm not worried about how I speak. I'm not worried about the vocabulary that I have in there and my DNA that's going to be coming out. Now I can just focus on what is the subject matter and how am I going to bring out my best? I was prepared. And it's the constant daily habits of practicing how I communicate, how I interact in my personal life and my professional life that's cohesive. If you hear me speaking with my family, you're going to hear me speak in the same way that I do right now. The cohesiveness will allow it to become second nature. So yes, Dr. Phil called. I said, sure. And what I love was the topic was on the silent quitting that's a movement right now. It's been on TikTok and this whole thing of saying, forget it, we're going to silent quit the work ethic. And it was three younger generation. I had three across from me that have said, forget it. We don't want to work hard. We're tired of being stepped on. Basically, it's not worth it. And I was on the panel side as, as a business owner. And there were two other business owners next to me on this side that we were saying hard work pays off. And sometimes you do the right thing because that's what's best for your future. Because some of my biggest opportunities have come from my worst jobs. That phone call <laughs> that I got where the guy said, Scruggs, I've got somebody you need to meet and set me into being a TV host for the next five years. That colleague that called me, I worked with him at the job I hated the most two years prior. M miserable wow. at that job. But I did the right thing at that job because I knew I'm always learning something. There's something that I can tool up from this. And you don't know who's watching you and who might vouch for you later. And that's exactly what happened. Starting that new job, that first job I got in wholesale, I did a good job for her. And when she took a better position, she took me with her. If I had had the attitude of like, well, this company stinks, so I'm just not going to try, I would have been left behind. And I could tell story after story over my years that that has been the case. And so it was really fun to be able to go on a show of this magnitude and be able to talk about just that that pride and work ethic. And that I don't want my kids to say, well, everybody else is doing it. I don't want to have to try hard because that's just not going to get us anywhere. And what I, I said on the show, it airs this Thursday, there's the 29th and it'll be on YouTube forever. Was I just, I, I'm sad if that's the choice they've made. What conversation are we going to have 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. How many missed opportunities did, are you going to have? So it's an interesting show. It was a heavy debate. Uh, I, I definitely, I, I had a hard time getting a word in. There was a lot of men on that stage. I was the only female representing in this. And boy, it was tough. If wow. I wasn't prepared, I would have been eaten alive. And I still was slightly, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, uh, this is probably one of those think about what your future looks like questions. What do you think that show means to your future? Like, do you think if it's like, oh, I just that's just a box I check, or is that something you think of as that's going to propel me to another level? Like, and the reason I'm asking that question that way is because I don't think some people realize that every time you do something, you alluded to it before, but it whether it seems significant or insignificant, it could be such a gigantic leap forward in terms of connecting people um what do you, when you when you went through that what was going through your mind you're like well how am i going to use this or is like another right. opportunity like how does it fit into what amy scruggs is trying to do from here and for the next 10 years 
I love sitting in a place of curiosity. So first and foremost, I'm thankful for the opportunity. And I'm thankful even if I bomb. If I bomb, then I'm going to be thankful for the light and the lessons in it and how I can learn and grow. Second of all, it allows me tremendous opportunity to use these as tangible, tangible, credible takeaways to bring to my clients. Say, I just had to do the same thing. I understand what it's like to be nervous. I know what it takes to be prepared. So I knew that it was going to be an incredible opportunity no matter what to continue doing the best that I can as a media coach and a communications coach. The third is, yes, I, I believed that the best value for me was to give the best first impression to every person. The minute I pulled up into that studio, from the guard that let me in the gate to the, the guy in the golf cart that brought me in and he was so sweet to carry my bag, the hair, the makeup, it was my job to be a blessing to them, to bring them my best. Because you, you want to make sure you're leaving the best first impression throughout the entire experience. It wasn't about Dr. Phil for me. It was about the experience of watching how a production of that size is put together, the amount of staff that he has, and what lessons I learned from that as a media company and everything else that I do. And also what impressed me was everyone I spoke to said they had been with him for 20 years. That was impressive. That means that he's treating his people right. That means that they have a, a great work environment there. And then, yes, if something happens ahead that somebody else calls for another show, did I, did I make a good first impression to the producer? Will they call me back? I love the curiosity of future opportunities, but staying grateful in the moment and what lessons I pull from it right that day. And that's really where my heart was. I think we have a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Capri, do you have any other questions for our uh, um, slash guest? I do, because you just think there's so many different careers and walks of life that it, I, I don't know. I feel like we should almost start asking everyone on the podcast this, because I truly think it's so interesting. And it's kind of a change from the other questions we've been asking. But if you could go back to teenage Amy and give her one piece of advice and one thing to look forward to in the future, what would you say to her? I would say, don't listen to anyone that told you you can't do it. Okay. That's, listen that to that course. That quick of an okay. Don't listen. You know, my song out on the radio is called What If It All Goes Right? And I joked when I found the song and recorded it, it was the counterbalance for all the what ifs I had heard in the wrong direction growing up. Mm -hmm. What if this happens? And what if that happens? And what are you going to do with this? And what about that? But what if it goes right? What if I try? I would tell young Amy to remember, you're not afraid of failing. You're afraid of regret. And that is the truth. I am more afraid of regretting trying than I am of failing in something because everything had a beautiful lesson in it. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things I've learned, honestly, being part of this podcast as the young person, like everyone just tries things. And I think that is one of the most valuable things that I'll take away from this is that like you have to be you don't have to be afraid to try something because there's a lesson even if it goes wrong yes thank you capri <laughs> you guys can't see it if you're listening to it but they're like smiling each other and Aww. blowing kisses and yeah um the life emoji yeah exactly <laughs> I got to tell you something. I, I, it's funny how people come in and out of your life and you don't know what impact they're going to have. I think for me personally, Amy, just so you know, you've had a significant impact on my life, just your attitude. And like I said, at the beginning your energy, 
Capri, I feel the same way about you. It's like when we first oh. met, I was like, Capri's the person that sends you a message like, hey, you're going to send me my invite for our Zoom meeting? And that, I'm like, who's the adult in this deal? Uh, but it's I'm amazed by what people are willing to do and how they do it. It's really impressive. And I can't wait to get Alex back on to hear about some of the things he's got coming up in his life and taking, I won't say chances because, it, well, I suppose it is a chance to a certain degree. If you're going down a road you've never been down before, and you're willing to just stretch a little bit to get there, that mm -hmm. that's a fairly significant development. And so I'm excited to hear about what's going on in his world too. Um, I'm inspired. You guys inspire me. I love being on the show with y'all. 20 episodes. I know. Yay us. Um, I'm kind of <laughs> impressed. I don't think I've ever done anything 20 times in a row. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but it's it's a testament to you folks, what you guys, what you ladies bring to the table and how interesting and, and excited I am every single week. And believe me, this Tuesdays, I look at the calendar and I go, I can't believe we're recording this so late. And then I go, well, if it's late for me, it's late for Capri. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, oh, where are you, you going Indiana? Are you in Indiana? Is that where you're at? Yeah. Indiana. And then the way you guys have committed to it. So thank you so much for the 20. We look forward to the next 20. Yes. And Amy, we'll have you again on as a guest because I think you've got a lot of compelling things to tell young people. And frankly, mm -hmm. adults for that matter. Um, mm -hmm. There's always going to be times when you feel like I'm done. I do not want to do this anymore. Yes. And sometimes you have to do it, like you said, to put food on the table. Sometimes you have to do it to get to the next mile marker or milestone. And sometimes you're just having a bad day and you got to fight through it. And so thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you. So fun. Thank you. Yeah. Let's wrap this thing. Let's get out of here. Capri, take us out. I got y'all. Okay. So thank you to everyone who tuned in today. I really do hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was one of my favorites that we've recorded in all of our 20. And if you want to see um, Amy on Dr. Phil, you can watch it this Thursday on TV or on YouTube, wherever you stream things. And we hope that you guys will join us all next week for our next episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults. Thanks, y'all. Make sure and subscribe to this show so you don't miss the next episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We want to hear from you as well. You can email us at 2ok2ya at gmail.com.